Hey everybody, welcome to Counseling Moments with Pastor Kevin. The podcast that helps us connect the significant moments of our lives to Scripture. And one of the things I've noticed as I, as I talk to people is that when particular moments of pain and suffering and struggle or sin surface and we, we recognize them, we see them for what they are, we struggle with questions such as, why? Why me? Why this? We, we do comparisons. Um, my best friend's getting married. Why can't I get married? Um, someone's having a, a baby. Why, why can't I get pregnant? Why can't we have a baby? Or someone just got that great job. I wish I had a job like that. And we start doing this comparison thing. And what, what I've noticed is that I think there's something about our personal particular experiences that we cannot, we're not connecting well to God's plans for us. And we, we do okay when we hear passages that speak in, in general terms, like Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and, and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And we hear that, and we hear the, the Lord is telling Israel that in the, in, a, in the midst of judgment, that he's sending them off into captivity, sending them off into exile. And yet he's assuring them, even as that happens, that he has plans for their welfare and not for evil, to give them a future and a hope. And that's how the Lord is with his people. And we hear that, and we can be... We, we can be encouraged by that, or when we think of passages like Romans 8, 28 through 30, where we see this same, this same attitude the Lord has towards his people in the New Testament, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And we hear it in those verses that all things are going to work for good. God is working all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that purpose is stated more clearly in verse 29 when it says that he is predestining us to be conformed to the image of his son in order that his son might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so... We, and we see, that, we, we see that stated elsewhere by Paul using different language when he says in Colossians 1.24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. There it is, mature in Christ. That is this goal, this conformity to the image of the Son, being mature in Christ, 
We see it spoken of another way in Ephesians 4.13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, we hear that kind of language and we it clearly states what God's purpose is for his people, this good purpose that he's working everything together toward in our lives. But in the moment when particular suffering comes, we struggle to appropriate it. We, we have a hard time seeing how exactly is God conforming me to the image of Christ? How exactly is he maturing me in Christ? How exactly is he bringing me to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in this particular sin, suffering, circumstance that, we, that I face. And, and so, um, we, we look askance when James tells us in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, we're just like, yeah, but steadfastness, but, but why this? Why this long? Why, why can't my life be like somebody else's? Or why does it have to include this peace? And I think there's other scriptures that can help us here, that can help us think through this. So, when I look at Psalm 139.13, I see that God is doing very particular things for each one of us when it says, For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. For your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. There's two things I want to draw your attentions to in that, in that passage from Psalm 139. The first is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are particularly made. We, have, we are particularly made individually. God has made us in a particular way with particular gifts, with particular bodies, with particular inclinations, with particular desires, he has created us individually. That's what he's done for us, and he's done it fearfully and wonderfully. And so, that's part one. The second thing I want us to see here in this passage is that, is that he sees our unformed substance, and he writes in his, his book every one of the days that have been formed for us to live in when as yet there were none of them. Before we exist, before the particular us that he's creating happens, he's also writing in his book the particular days, the situations, the trials that we are going to face, the sins against us, the sufferings, the diseases, the illnesses that we are going to contract over the course of our lives. They're all planned for us, particularly. So, he is making us particular people, and he is planning for us a particular path of our lives so that we can then particularly image forth Christ in an individual, unique way that nobody else can or nobody else will. He's glorifying himself by, by a unique expression of Christ-likeness that is being formed in you, made particularly, and 
experienced particularly in the unique moments of your life. That's as close, I think, as we can get to the why. Why me? Why this? Why now? Why this particular struggle for me? I think we're seeing that answer here. Now, we don't just see this in Psalm 139.13. We see this in the New Testament as well. We see in Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. So the particular ways that we're going to glorify God are at work in us by God in particular ways. We see this too in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepares beforehand that we should walk in them. And sometimes I think we think of good works as the good thing I'm going to do. Perhaps it's... um, It's going on the mission field to a particular country, to a particular people, and and spreading the gospel to them. Or it's a particular good work, I'm going to help somebody cross the street, or I'm going to lend somebody my car. These are good works that God has created for me to walk in. But good works also involves our response to sin and suffering. When we sin, do we repent of our sin? Do we seek forgiveness for the wrongs that we do to others? Are we willing to forgive those who wrong us? How do we respond when we get the diagnosis of cancer or of congenital heart failure or high blood pressure or uh, we're not going to be able to completely restore that hand surgically after this accident or you're going to be paralyzed and in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. How we respond in those moments are also good works that glorify God, and we're not going to do this perfectly. In fact, in fact, one of the ways we're going to glorify God is we are going to seek help. We're going to cry out for help from God and from his people to come alongside us. And we're going to glorify God when we walk alongside others who are suffering or need their sins confronted and need to be exhorted or corrected. These are all the ways, these are all the ways that we have good works to walk in, that God is preparing for us beforehand, and many of them include suffering and pain in our lives. And so, again, he is crafting these particular situations for a particular person. And I I think of it a little bit like, uh, I'm a fan of Lego, so I think in terms of Lego a lot, and it makes good analogies for me. But think of uh, the minifigures of Lego, right? They're they're all basically the same. They all have little Lego legs, and they have a little Lego torso, and they have a little Lego head, and and then usually some kind of hat or hair, and they're they're all basic. That's what a minifigure is. They have those basic elements. But yet, each minifigure is very unique. There are different kinds of legs, there are different colors, there are different kinds of torsos and different different print patterns on them and different facial expressions on the heads and, and different colors of heads and, and then different styles of hair or beards or hats that can be worn or helmets. And, and then there's all kinds of accessories that a minifigure could have. They might wear a scarf or they they might be holding a wand or they might be holding a shovel. 
They might be holding uh, a curling stone. There's just so many different uh, options that the kind of minifigure that can be created is very unique. And, e- and even if there's similarities within, between two minifigures, say they both have blue legs, um, there's still so many differences between those minifigures in the particulars of the kinds of torsos, the kinds of uh, head toppings that are, are, are chosen. And so God is doing that for us. He's creating us all individual, though there's, there's basic likeness, there's, there's basic similarity, but yet within that there is an, a virtually infinite diversity of people. And we see this work itself out very particularly in, in John 21, when uh, Jesus is talking to Peter. And Peter, who before Christ was crucified, was sure he would be willing to go to death with Jesus for the, for the sake of Christ, but he, rather he denies Jesus. But here on the other side of the resurrection, Jesus tells him, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And then parenthetically, the, author in, the human author inserts, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this to him, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that was going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread among the brothers that this disciple was not to die, but yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? So here's Peter experiencing the same kind of puzzling question that we all face. Here's the man who is being told the manner in which he's going to die the manner in which he's going to die and glorify God, the particular way that Peter has been made and the steps he's going to walk in, he's going to glorify God by facing a horrific death. The spreading out of his hands traditionally has been thought that Peter was crucified and and it's even traditionally held that he was crucified upside down. And and he's, he's been given that knowledge that that thing that you wanted, Peter, that thing that you desired, it's going to be yours. You're going to glorify God in the way that you die. And what does Peter do? He immediately turns to Jesus and says, what about that guy who's walking up ahead? And Jesus gives us a very personal, loving, telling answer so as to not distract Peter from the good that he's being planned for him to do. Don't be distracted. If it is my will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? How does that change how you're going to glorify me? He says, you follow me. And that's really the call on each one of our lives is in the way we're made particularly and the particular good works and life and days that God has planned for us to walk in, the most important thing we can do is realize that we are glorifying him in our lives in the particular ways he's made us to do so. 
in the particular situations, sufferings, and sins that we will face. And our call, individually and corporately, is to follow Him and to help each other follow Him in, our, in their particular courses of life. So that's my goal, is to help us with that today, is to think about that the reason why we suffer in ways that others around us do not is because He is creating, God Himself is creating particular people and paths to follow, to glorify Him in unique ways, and He's done the same thing for you. And I hope that helps you as you face the particular sins and struggles, sufferings, and situations that you are going to encounter today and in the future, or perhaps are already facing on an ongoing, chronic, uh, seemingly endless way, that God is up to something good in you, and that you are glorifying Him as you respond to Him and draw close to Him as you go through life. All right, thank you very much for listening. And I hope this was helpful. God bless.